On today's episode of Guess What I Learned Today, I'd like to welcome John Slattery from Sedgwick, Canada. He's a wizard in the condo claims section, and I'm going to enjoy this podcast with John because he's got a lot of wealth of information that he's going to share with us. Hey, don't forget, guys, we've got Oktoberfest coming up uh, with the OIAA. It's a sold-out event at this time, so I'm looking forward to seeing everybody at this event that's going. And for those who didn't get a ticket or just uh, didn't get a chance to go to this, hopefully we'll see you at the golf tournament which is coming up actually it's not till June 2022 but that event's coming up pretty fast so make sure when the tickets go on sale you get those before they're gone all right uh, welcome to WP radio folks it's uh, another podcast of uh, Archon forensic engineers and on the podcast tonight I've got a special guest John Slattery from Sedgwick Canada John first and foremost welcome to the show thank you Terry first time uh caller long time listener Thanks. If I can borrow that fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's great. Uh, well, John, um, not everybody's going to know who you are, and uh, in the industry, I'm sure most people know who you are. But the, for those people that don't, maybe you can tell us a little bit about uh, who you are, or what you do, and where you work. Oh, hi, thanks, Terry. Well, uh, like a lot of people, I kind of stumbled in, in the insurance industry, um, and 35 plus years ago, uh, you know, looking for a job coming out of university. And, you know, I was looking for something different. Um, I like people. I like talking, as you'll find out during the course of this interview. And everyone has a story. And that's the one thing I love about this job that we have, is that the many people that we get to meet and getting to see how things are done, how things are made, um, it's a very exciting career. And, you know, I've been blessed and... I've worked with some really good people over the years who I've learned a lot from. And, you know, as I said, it's led me to where I am today, um, focusing on condominium, condominium insurance. You know, it was, uh, I was back in the day, I was doing tort auto claims, and we accident benefits came in, and I was doing accident benefits for a long time, for all the way up until from the introduction up to the make. And again, quick story, short story long, <laughs> is, uh, is, you know, I was like doing A-B claims and it's like, you know, this is, I've been doing it for 20 years, whatever years, this is getting tough. And I'm walking downtown Toronto and I'm looking and going, look at all these buildings going up. These are all condominiums. You know, there's going to be, we do condominium claims. I bet you there's going to be growth in this industry. And Really, around that time, I decided to focus on condominiums and condominium insurance. And fast forward, pretty much uh, 10 years later, here I am talking to Terry Doherty and talking about the condominium insurance industry. And is that your main focus then? Would you say that'd be primarily what you do as condo claims? That's what I'm doing now, pretty much. I'm the vice president of condominium strata, uh, the account for Sedgwick. So, so pretty much that's what I'm focusing uh, my, 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 my time on is condominiums on not only adjusting claims, but um, doing these type of podcasts, uh, seminars, education. Uh, and again, not just with my fellow adjusters and people in the insurance industry, but also with uh, property managers, property management companies, uh, condominium boards, and on occasions, town hall meetings with condominiums, uh, residents of a condominium all with education, which is one of the things, you know, I really like and hope that we will over the next few years, 
uh, focus more and more on educating people on condominium because it is a growing sector, as we both know. Yeah, huge. Now, yeah. you did say something there in your um, when you were talking there, and you called it condo strata. So it's funny that you say that because I know it's just terminology, right? Some people call it a condominium. Some people call it a strata. Now, is it an East Coast, West Coast thing? Is that where that comes I guess from? It's, I think it's uh, pretty much that you've hit it there. Uh, tomato, t- tomato, tomato. Um, you know, in Ontario uh, and in Quebec and most of Eastern Canada, we call, we go by the word condominium. Out West, they like to use the word strata, but they but they are essentially both the same meaning and so, and referring to the same type of structure and buildings okay. uh, and risk. So. So let's talk about that growth in the condo market. I mean, um, everybody I know, it feels like, is either been in a condo, owned a condo, rented a condo. Um, so it, are you guys seeing just a, a massive influx because of the lack of land, or why is there so many condos going up? What's going on? Well, I'm going to ask you a question, but for, if you don't mind, I'm just going to just sway from a little bit, which is that, you know, every time I drive downtown Toronto, uh, I think of Blade Runner. And what I'm getting at is, is that remember when we were kids, when I was a young kid, there was a show called Get Smart. Yep. And there, there was, you know, Maxwell Smart had his shoe and his, his phone was a shoe. And when you're like a young kid and you see that, that is so amazing. That was so cool. Fast forward to, you know, Blade Runner came out in the 1970s, 80s. And, you know, about how the city was. And when I drive downtown Toronto now, coming down to the core along the Gardner, you know, you look into the city and it's like mega building, mega building, mega building. You know, Blade Runner is, you know, for all we know, it's going to be right around the corner. And again, this is what's happening is the growth in the industry. Um, you know, we have, a, you know, we have an election tonight. And one of the big uh, debates was the housing market. What we see here is, you know, the average price for a detached GTA in Toronto is over a million dollars. Yep. Okay. Where... What 25-year-old or 25, you know, newly married person, you know, early, late 20s, early 30s has, can afford, you know, a $250,000 down payment. You know, so what we're seeing now is condominiums is uh, pretty much most, you know, almost 30% of first-time buyers of condominiums are new new homeowners of condominiums are uh, young people getting into the market. So you have that demand of people wanting to get into the housing market and where's the, where can they afford is a condominium. On the flip side, you have other people who have raised their family and have had that five bedroom home in the, in the country, in the, uh, in the suburbs and no longer want to commute, but want to live downtown, like don't want to cut the grass. So they're moving into condominiums. So you also have that pressure of the retired the you know the baby boomers are now moving it moving selling their houses and moving into condominiums and another factor that we want to look at especially in the gta market that in the next three years uh we're canada is expected to welcome approximately 1.2 new residents to canada that's 1.2 million new residents will be coming to Canada in the next three years. Well, historically, 80% of new residents, new immigrants, move to the GTA. So that is 
nine, roughly about 960,000 people are going to be coming to the GTA looking for somewhere to live. And the last time I looked, they haven't been developed, they haven't been building any new land. So what are we doing? We're going up. We're going up, up, up. I mean, even, you know, and again, what we saw in small towns going back to it is, you know, with COVID, we did see the, the condo market cool down. As people said, we don't want to live in a condo. I don't need to work downtown. My office is closed. I can work from home. I'm going to be moving to the burbs. Yep. They're even moving further out. But what's happening is those cheap homes that were in the suburbs have now, because of supply and demand, now have come back up, have risen in price to the point people are going, oh, I can't afford that nine hundred or $950,000 housed in the burbs, but I can afford a six dollars $700,000 condo in, in the city. So again, we've got those people coming back to the city looking to, you know, looking to buy. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have, uh, I was looking up a recent stat and that it's not approximately, there's 86,000 new units that are, that were coming onto the market um, this spring in, in the Toronto, in the GTA. Um, or, so, sorry, this year, 86, 80, 86,000 new condo units wow. uh, are coming out to the market. 92% of them are already pre-sold. Wow. So what does that mean? That means I'm, hey, Mr. Developer, I, hey, I got to build another condo. I got to build more condos. So you see the demand going up. And when we first started in, in this industry, how many condos were there? And not again, that many. Not that many. And again, a condo was a 10-story, a 12-story. You know, now we're looking at 50-story, 70, 80-story condominiums. And again, now we're looking at buildings with five, six, seven hundred units. That's versus astronomical. Of 50, yeah. So we see, and again, the growth in the condominium market is exponential, which means, and all these condos require insurance, and all these unit owners should have insurance. Are you seeing insurance is, in all these units? That is a challenge. And the answer is, unfortunately, no. Uh, the Condominium Act of Ontario requires condominium corporations to be insured, so they all are insured. The condominiums have a declaration, which say each condominium has their own declaration, quote-unquote, their Bible. And then it will say that the condominium is required to obtain insurance on the units and the common elements. This is where the language of Burbage gets lost, in my opinion, sometimes. The unit owners read that and go, oh, see, the condominium corporation purchased insurance for me, for my unit. What they don't realize, it then goes on to say the unit, we, the condominium corporation is required to the unit. The condominium unit is defined under a standard unit definition. And each condo has their own unique definition as to what constitutes a unit. Typically, most units, will, a standard unit will say, we will cover drywall, baseboards, cabinets, um, electrical appliance, electrical outlets. We will, however, not cover, uh, or what is excluded under the standard is granite countertops and flooring, which is where I run into a problem with insurance adjusters and claims, not realizing that, or that under the standard unit, it now becomes the unit owner's insurance policy 
responsible to cover the cost of replacing the flooring and or granite countertops. But again, each unit has their own, and that's why whenever a unit owner or you're an adjuster adjusting a claim, the first thing you want to get, ask your your client or your insured, is you want a copy of the uh, condominium declaration, the copy of the standard unit definition, and the certificate of insurance, which basically identifies who the insurance carrier is and what the condo's deductible is. Hmm. And again, we run into a challenge with property managers and saying, well, my building is only eight years old. Excuse me. <clears throat> our building is only eight years old. Uh, we, we haven't had a chance yet to pass our own standard unit definition. What happened is back in May of 2001, the Condominium Act of Ontario was changed uh, or amended. Let me, sorry, was amended under, under section 43.5H tells you how often I have to refer to it, that I know the exact clause. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which states that in the turnover documents from the biller, from the builder to the condo corporation, they are required to provide a standard unit definition to be used until they pass their own. So after May of 2001, any condominium, any condominium that was built does have their own standard unit definition. So that's why you need to obtain a copy of it because each one is different. And again, typically flooring and grant countertops are excluded, but I've also seen standard units that will say the, the standard unit is the underside of the concrete floor, under, the underside of the concrete ceiling, and the underside of the concrete walls, which yeah. means they don't cover anything. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Okay. Um, to see what is and what isn't covered in a condo. I mean, yeah. the insurer for the contents got to put on the paint, but the, sometimes the condo company will put on the drywall and who's doing the yep. mudding. It's it's just bizarre. So it, it is, and that's why no two claims are the same. Uh, they have to be, each one has to be judged and, and, and understood on its own merit. And again, very important is to get that standard unit. And, you know, again, reach out to the adjuster. If you're a unit... If you're an adjuster handling a claim for a unit owner or a tenant, um, reach out to find out who the adjuster is uh, for the condo corporation and liaise with them and coordinate the repairs. It goes so so much better when that happens. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because again, Terry, we both know we've been in it long enough. It's a small industry. We're oh, yeah. friends out there. Yeah, yeah, and the you same know, we're players. We're all friends and we all work together. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a lot of the same players, right? So you got to play nice in the sandbox. Yeah. yeah. So, so here's a thing that's also a hot topic. Let's talk about climate change impact. How's that affecting the condo market? Well. <laughs> I'm sure it has to. It, it definitely has to. And, you know, uh, look what's happened to our friends down in New York City. You know, uh, the remnants of Hurricane Ida. Yep. You know, in three inches, in, in less than an hour, they had three inches of rainfall. You know, our system, and again, in Toronto, we have, it happened in July of uh, 2013, is our cities, and again, let's go back to our designers when they're planning the city back in the 50s and 60s, we're looking at office towers, downtown Toronto, which means they were, people were going to be there from nine to five, and they were only going so high. And so the infrastructure was designed for a downtown core that was business. Fast forward 2020, 2021, 
what do we have? Yes, we still have, you know, the towers, the bank, the banks and their towers, but we also have all these residential units and people living there. Uh, so this has put a big pressure on our infrastructure system that, that you know, quite frankly, when there, heaven forbid, there's a flood or a, a massive rainfall like we had in New York City, our system will, you know, it's going to be very challenging and we can expect flooding. And, you know, the it's not a matter of, again, for us in the insurance industry, it's not a matter of if there's going to be a catastrophe or another cat, but when. Yeah. You know, uh, I was just doing some research earlier, and uh, the UN has recently completed a um, report on climate change, and that in the last five years, uh, the chances of a catastrophic climate change occurring has five times over. There's a five times higher chance of there being a, a, a cat-like loss. Um, you know, the, as I said, you know, recent UN climate report stated frequency and intensity of heavy precipitation events have increased over five times in the last 50 years. Again, which goes back to what I said, it's not a, it's not a matter now of when, uh, but not a matter of if, but when the next storm will happen, that's going to cause, you know, major flooding in the GTA and surrounding area. And again, we think of there being, you know, and I'm talking a lot about Toronto and the condominiums, but we also have these condominiums going up in other areas like Calgary, uh, Vancouver, you know, their biggest fear is earthquakes over there, you know. So climate change is playing, is going to play and will continue to play a major role in uh, the effects of claims, you know, claims, especially in a condominium over the next X amount of years. Yeah, and I and guess, again, when, sorry, sorry, I was, I was going to say, and I didn't mean to cut you off, John, I'll let you finish your thought, and then I've got something for you. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, <clears throat> we have, and when there's a claim, you know, a flood in a building, it's, again, not a, you know, one house that's, basement that's been flooded. We're dealing with all these units, you know, two, three hundred units that, you know, potentially with, you know, when there's been a sewer backup and you're going, oh, well, maybe just the units on the lower floors are going to experience some some challenges from a flood. Well, not necessarily so, because, again, you have all these units um, who have their storage lockers in the basement, their cars in the basement uh, that are going to get flooded, you know, heaven forbid, as well as the biggest, one of the biggest things I now see in an insurance condominium claim when I adjust an insurance condominium claim, one of the basic exposures we have is elevators. You know, one of the questions I ask when I get a new claim and it's a water loss, what happened? And they tell me. My next question is, were the elevators affected? Because as soon as I hear that there was a flood and water migrated down into the elevator shaft or there was a sewer backup and the elevators ropes and they were on the ground floor and the pump couldn't keep up, which caused the... Uh, flooding in, in, the, in the elevator pit, which means the ropes have got wet, You're look, you could be looking at easily $100,000 per elevator. And, you know, these in these condominiums don't have one elevator. They have four, five, eight elevators. You know, it quickly adds up. 
And, and I was going to ask you, and, and this is where I kind of, and I didn't mean to cut you off, I apologize, but this is, yeah, I mean, it's the, how deep these condos go now. Like their underground parking is like sometimes 10 stories down. Right. Like right. It, all that water coming from the ground level. And I mean, it's all well and good that the condo itself has great plumbing system, but when the infrastructure around it fails and backs up, yeah. That's the problem I'm seeing. Like, that was the problem it looked like with New York was, yeah, it was all great that these buildings had great water um, disbursement systems, but, I mean, it had nowhere to go except back into right. the building. Yeah. That's Mother Nature. You know, she, she, she'll of, get her pound of flesh. Yeah, and path um, of least no. resistance, right? Openings, right. cracks, walls, uh, and then into those lower levels. And, I mean, it was destroying cars. And, uh, and every, like you said, storage lockers, I mean, it, personal contents claims they were, I'm sure through the roof. Yeah. Well, you know, and again, when we talk about flash flooding, you know, a lot of the cities through urbanization and growth have, you know, grown over creeks. There used to be a creek there. Well, now there's, now there's a condominium, uh, that's been built over it, uh, with, you know, fast forward to a storm. Well, these creeks, you know, are typically the lowest uh, point in a neighborhood or in an area. And the water, that's where it's going. And heaven forbid anything built along those areas where there used to be a creek. Yeah. You know, that that's something, you know, again, when condominiums are going up and they're looking at flood prevention is mindful of you know historical creeks where they were where because if there's a flash flood you can you know dollars to donuts that's one of the lowest uh, least resistant areas that the water is going to be migrating down yeah and i keep hearing about these hundred year storms i mean mm-hmm. did did we have this many storms a hundred years ago because i keep hearing every year it's a hundred year storm so yeah it's it's unbelievable i just think it's with climate change it really has changed how we see things right it's it, it, these weather conditions, these tornadoes, these hurricanes, everything just yeah. seems to be extrapolated and bigger, right? Yeah. Like even fire season, right, for the West Coast and even here in Ontario, mm-hmm. northern Ontario, like the dry areas. I mean, but this seems to be the the worst year so far on record. But again, you know, we haven't had 2022 yet, which probably could be the next worst year on record, right? And then, Well, and it, again, compared to our friends down south, we're looking pretty good. Uh, and we are we are pretty good uh, when it comes to claims. And you know, I've been approached by some uh, markets down in the United States, insurance carriers in the states, who are looking to come up to Canada to do business uh, in the condominium market. And the reason, one of the reasons being, is it's a safer market. I mean, we're not we don't have in Toronto the GTA, uh, more or less anywhere across Canada the the potential like the the fires that they do out in California, the tornadoes that they have, Oklahoma, Texas area, you know, Tornado Alley. We don't have it. Yes, we did have the Barry, but that's more unique, you know. Uh, and again, flooding, you know, Boston, Chicago seem to be hit a fair bit. Montreal, Toronto, even Halifax, not nearly as much as uh, our friends down south, knock on wood. Uh, you know, so this is, you know, a good market for insurance companies to get in. Uh, in my opinion, to write condominium insurance because it can be very lucrative, which is, you know, another topic we, we want to get into or we should get into is where is the condominium insurance market going? Um, you know, it is, you know, 
uh, it is a challenge. What, what I'm seeing is that uh, when I first started doing condo claims, you know, uh, a $50,000 claim, you know, condos were putting in forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 claims. Now, um, you know, again, back in the day, deductibles for condominium corporations were $5,000 was the average. Now, a good condo with no claims history is looking around a $25,000 deductible, you know, to the point that I say that 25 is the new five. Wow. <laughs> or sorry, five, yeah, 25 is, is the new five. Yeah. And so with that, you know, for claims as an adjuster, it's like, you know, the condo corporation calls up, says, we're looking at making a claim and we go over it. And I said, well, based on what you're telling me, I see this claim coming in somewhere around thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000. Okay. And I said, well, you got a $25,000 deductible. Do you really want to put a claim in for ten, fifteen thousand, and it, you know, a cause and which has a negative effect of, you know, your claims history and potential for, you know, your premiums to go up and your deductible in the next year going up. And it's like, no, we're not putting the claim through, you know. So I have clients that I deal with that, you know, are when it's a two hundred thousand dollar loss, they're not putting the claim through because they have a hundred thousand dollar deductible. They've had a couple and they just can't afford. To put in another claim, they'd, they'll eat. They'll eat it. You know, it's two hundred thousand. They're going to eat it. They just don't want to put a claim in because they know very well that their deductible next time around will very likely go up to half a million dollars, and that's on their books for the next five, six years before they're looking at having it to come down. So, so pretty hard to it, push that. Yeah, that little claim yeah. through. Yeah, yeah. So, so as I said. Let's talk about the policies then. Are, there, are you seeing changes in the policies, the way they're writing them for the condo market? Are they are they excluding more? Are they covering more? What do you what are you seeing with regards to the policy coverage? Policies policies are pretty much uh, there's two major players, and I'm going to talk about in the in the GTA area. There's two major players um, in the, in the Toronto market, and the policies are relatively the same. And most condo policies that I've seen, again, including the ones. Uh, out west and, and out east it's an all-risk policy and and then it comes down to exclusions um so and they're fairly pretty pretty straightforward you know which is we'll cover this and we won't cover that you know we we will cover um you know we won't cover uh you know we will cover the cost of uh you know a, a water damage you know a broken pipe we don't cover the cost of a broken pipe we will however cover uh, the resulting damage, you know, uh, wear and tear. We don't cover that, but the resulting damage is covered. It's your typical policy that we see um, is, is being used in the condo. Where we see the slight difference, though, is, again, really it's in the deductibles. And they're becoming, in, and again, again, like homeowners policies, too, now that more I think about it, is mold and asbestos. You know, they're getting more stringent on exclusions uh, for that type of uh, coverage, which is most condo policies now will limit or exclude any damage due to mold unless it's due to the insured peril itself. And and again, even if it is, it'll have a limit. Uh, I've seen that happen now where before it was all covered, mold due to uh, an insured peril uh, would be covered under policy limits. Now it's typical that they're putting in a limit. And again, same thing with asbestos. Uh, they're either, you know, they're putting in a lot of policies now are just denying it outright that any type of remediation 
any asbestos remediation will be excluded under it. So policies haven't changed too much, but recently the biggest change or the biggest one is COVID. What I've noticed in the last two, three years is COVID is that insurance companies like you're seeing across the industries are now coming up with exclusions for communicable disease exclusions. Yep. And again, when we think about a condominium, it makes sense to me why an insurance company is going to be putting in an endorsement to exclude COVID slash communicable disease exclusions. You know, you're going to have a building and they're going to be putting a notice of, you know, four residents uh, maximum in, in an elevator and limiting the use of common areas. However, that one person is still going to get on the elevator and spread COVID and someone else is going to you know, catch it. And then they're going to sue the condominium saying, you knew this resident was a, had COVID and you did nothing to protect me. And, you know, you should have done this ifs and buts. So, you know, the exposure for con for condominiums because of the simple fact that you get all these people living in a confined area, the potential for someone contracting COVID was really high and so again that's why as i said with the new policies that are being uh, coming up at renewal time i'm now noticing uh that they're writing you know communicable disease exclusions interesting and that, yeah so that's one of the major changes i've seen in the in the, com in the condominium market is again the exclusions due to virus bacterial uh communicable disease exclusions wow that's that's I didn't even think of that from that type of perspective. Now, I wonder if they're seeing. Are you seeing that in the personal lines condo policies as well? Then I haven't. I haven't. But you know, we we have some very smart people working in, in the insurance industry. Absolutely, very smart underwriters, actuaries, and, and underwriters. You know, yep. Right. And, you know, uh, they see this and that's why this is now coming out on the policy, you know, getting a handle on it before it happens is we need to put these exclusions. And again, you know, it, it, there is an onus on property managers to make sure that they're COVID compliant, you know, in, in the managing of their building. You know, simple things is by having the uh, bacterial uh, soap detergents available for residents when they enter. Come, you know, come in and leave, enforcing limited use of the elevators, enforcing, making sure security is telling everybody to wear their mask. And when you, and the use of common rooms is again, what, when COVID first hit, a lot of places were shutting down the common rooms, the pool areas, um, the patios, the, you know, the party rooms, they were all closed. They're only now slowly reopening them. But again, all it takes is one. And we all know we're on the fourth wave. So this is, uh, you know, this is the insurance industry trying to get ahead of a potential problem is by coming up with this endorsement. Yeah, that's really interesting. I know that uh, we have friends that actually are in a condo and they can they can book the pool out for them and their family uh, for, I think it's a 45 or an hour at a time. And then right. the pool undergoes a cleaning before the next <laughs> group can use it. And I mean, the cost of this has got to be astronomical, right? I mean, 
Right. Just the, you know, the party room's still off limits. And, you know, they, they used to have where you could stay in a guest suite overnight. A friend could stay or whatever. It was cheap, 30 bucks or whatever if you were having a party. All of that's all gone away. But the fact that the pool's back and, I mean, I think it had a lot to do with people just saying, hey, listen, I'm paying these condo fees and I'm getting nothing out of it. So I think, right. I think maybe the fact that, I mean, the water's always being filtered and cleaned through chlorine and those kind of things. And it, it's not much to go down and wipe down a pool deck or whatever. But I, I mean, but to have it so you're, you can swim for an hour and then there's a half an hour cleaning and then there's another person swimming and then there's half an hour cleaning. I mean, it's just extra staff. It's extra money. I mean, it's just, but it, I guess, like you said, it's things the Condo Corp has to do, but it's things you didn't even think of, you know, 20 months ago, right? No. No. It's, it's just and again, we, we want to move. We want to get to the new, the new, the new world as soon as possible. Sure. You know? And we all want to get back to socializing and meeting with people. And and we are social animals by nature. And you know, living in a condominium, you know, makes sense. It's it's again, like I said, it's a place where people can have affordable living and enjoy a, a good life and a good lifestyle. Um, but you know, we need, they, they need to be careful, you know, with, under these certain, under today's conditions, you know, how we move forward is going to be, we need to be cautious in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it, it, it must've been for condos. I mean, I know we bunkered down or hunkered down pretty quickly and, uh, we're able to switch things off, but I'm sure, you know, a condo that's got 500 residents, it must have been a flurry for these people to just, you know, because you didn't know. I'm, I remember when COVID first hit, you know, 11 a.m., I was watching the news with the rest of my family every day for like 30 days, wondering what yeah. was going on, right? And I can only imagine a 500-unit building, and everyone's doing the same thing, and they're not getting out. But for me to go get groceries, it was okay. I just had to go out my door get my groceries and come back in my door. These people have to navigate down hallways, elevators, staircases, other people in the building, garages. Yikes. Definitely. They were challenging times. I bet. But, you know, uh, hopefully the worst is over and we're moving to the new, the new, new world. And, uh, and again, but as I said, it goes back to the earlier comment. The growth in the condo market, there was a dip when COVID started, people moving out, you know, prices went down, but the demand has returned and we're going to see more and more condos being built. Um, it's just, it's going to, that is why it's going to be one of the, in my opinion, the fastest growing industry uh, in the insurance industry the insurance market is condominiums. And we have these units, again, I'm doing a claim in Toronto. Um, where we had 240 units were affected. Okay. And what was interesting in doing that claim and which made me think, and, you know, this is a message to uh, my claims managers out there that are listening is that you may want to, again, think about condo condo claims is that, you know, for example, in that claim I had with 240 units, what I was seeing, I was getting, and I'm not going to name any, any carriers, but, I get an email from a you know a unit owner's adjuster saying, "Can you send me the documents? What's going? What was the cause of loss? Can you send me the documents? What's happening? What's the timelines? You know, please let me know what's going on." And I'd probably get about one. I think there was like 15 different adjusters from the same company 
sent me the same email asking me the same questions, which I replied. And it made me wonder and think, you know, is there a way that an insurance company, a claims department, couldn't somehow flag that, hang on, we at this address, we've had 10 claims come in in the same day. Maybe we should put one adjuster or two adjusters on the file versus spreading it out to 15. And with that said, one company did actually do that. Oh, great. And what I can tell you, yeah, and what I can tell you happened is that claim is being processed quicker, adjusted quicker, and more efficiently and and cheaper than the other one who went with 15 different contracts, 15 different adjusters. Because what, what happened in that one, and kudos to the adjuster, is that he had all 15 claims. So he assigned, for example, simply the same contractor to do all, to write up the scope of repairs for the unit improvements. So instead of getting 15 separate estimates, he was able to get one estimate. Now, again, he did break, I'm sure he did broke it up, but he was able to get one estimate for all 15 units. And now that adjuster was able to, by going to a contractor, instead of looking at we're placing, for example, 2,000 square feet of flooring, I'm now doing 20,000 square feet of flooring. Again, I'm just using my math as an example. Sure, rough numbers. Yeah, cost I get it. savings. Cost savings because they're buying in bulk. The other thing is, is now I have my contractor going in, doing two, three units the same day. He's going to be in there the whole day working versus going for two hours, then leaving. Okay, the economy, what I'm getting at is economy is the scales. And again, on our exacting need estimate versus having set 15 separate uh, garbage disposals, he just, you know, he was able to put it down to one garbage bin. Yeah. You know, or two garbage bins. So by by the adjust by that company putting all those claims to one adjuster who was able to do it one together, they were able to come up come up with a more efficient process in adjusting the claim and it's cheaper for everyone involved. Probably you one know, flooring sub. Savings. Yeah. Right. It was cost what? savings. So you know, there's one of the things, like I said, this insurance companies and claims department is, again, you know, if there's one or two claims and in a, in a, you'll, you're only on for two two units at a, at a building, again, it's business as usual. But when you have, and like I said, this is what's happening. We're getting, when there's a loss, we're getting 40, 50, 60, 200 units. You know, there's a good chance, uh, insure ABC, you're going to have more than one or two of those units. So if you could figure out something, you know, as I said, there should be a way somehow. Oh, I'm uh, sure there is. You know, to 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 rear market all of a sudden on a report page at the end of the day. Hey, we've had ten claims at this address in the last two days. What's going on? Flood? Okay, let's let's have our mini cat team set up to handle this. And away we go. Yeah, there. Trust me, there's there's, there's an an, there's an analyst in the background. Uh, yeah. Of this podcast, going, hey, I got to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm it only makes sense. The money they would be saving, you know, you know, it's uh, I think it's worth their their interest uh, to to look into something along that line. Because I said I, I clearly have that. I have that. <laughs> that is happening on one of the files wow. that I'm adjusting. And again, goes back to the twos. Is that after a while they get to know who the condo adjuster is, and he picks up the phone and we chat, and boom, one phone call. We come to an agreement. All right. Let's proceed. We're done. And we move on. And, you know, again, expedites the settlement of the claim. And more importantly, at the end of the day, we have a happy insured who's back in their home quicker. 
Yeah, and it puts 15 claims to rest really quickly, right? So, when I think about claims, I always think about the whole scope of the claim, and obviously in the back of my mind, I always think about subrogation. Now, uh, I've seen a lot of the policies of late, no right of subrogation against uh, the insured, the insurer, the tenant, you know, everybody down the line, except for intentional acts. Are you seeing that more and more these days, or are you seeing a mixed bag? That is sad. No, it's it's not seeing it. That's that is life in a condominium. It's as simple as that. Not seeing it, that is life in a condominium. Again, we go back to condominium declaration, which is quote unquote the Bible, and you know it says the condominium corporation is required to obtain insurance on the the condominium, the common elements in the units. It then goes on to say section, you know, nine A B, condominium insurance will contain waivers of subrogation against the owners, against the condominium corporation managers, unit owners. So again, and it makes sense because I reside in a condominium. I pay my monthly maintenance fees. Well, part of that maintenance fees goes towards insurance. So as a unit owner, I'm paying for the condominium insurance. Hence, that's one of the reasons under a condominium insurance policy, unit owners are defined as an insured. And so we all know it's a, you know, it's a principle of insurance. You can't sue yourself. You got her. So, that's why we have, but it clearly states that. So the condo corporation cannot now. So when I'm on for a condo corporation, if unless it's an intentional act or arson, or and again sometimes, and it's just where it's sometimes vehicle impact, that's a hit and miss. That's an, one you got to be careful for. Uh, you're precluded from pursuing subrogation against a unit owner or a tenant. So a unit owner who has a tenant, you're precluded from pursuing that, that claim against them. Now, vice versa, as you read down in the condominium declaration, it will say unit owners are required to obtain their own insurance. And in these insurance policies, they will contain waivers of subrogation against the condominium corporation and other unit owners. So, which means is is that, you know, uh, my basement, you know, I live in a unit and the guy upstairs caused a flood. Um, My insurance company paid out $10,000 or, you know, $25,000. I have a $1,000 deductible. So that's 24000 that my insurance company had to pay out. The waiver is there that prevents the unit owner's insurance company from going after uh, the, the at-fault unit owner for their, for their $24,000 because of that waiver of subrogation. Now, what can happen, and which is why it's important for unit owners to have insurance, is what about the deductible? Now, we don't get involved, I don't get involved, but I can tell you that if a unit owner does cause damages through their negligence and they're at fault for causing a flood or a fire, the condo corporation will charge back the unit owner uh, their deductible, and they can claim that because that's what's not covered by insurance. So whatever's covered by insurance, there's a waiver. What's not covered by insurance, they can go after them, which is their deductible. And again, you know, you're looking at $25,000 deductibles as being standard uh, for water losses. There are condo corporations downtown Toronto have half a million dollar deductibles. I was going to say, some of so, these are pretty pricey deductibles. Yeah. Right. So, hence the reason these unit owners need to get insurance and have proper insurance to make sure that they're adequately insured in the event, you know, there is a chargeback. Now, one of the things I did want to talk about, too, is, again, given this waiver of subrogation and again i have a claim in toronto 
where we're looking at what is the cause of loss, we've retained subrogation counsel. Every adjuster that's reached out to me asking for what the cause of loss and pursuing subrogation, I've referred them to uh, suburb counsel, and we are open to having the unit owners insurance carriers join us in pursuing joint recovery. So that is something you know insurance companies should be looking at doing is exploring doing joint recovery with the condominium corporation. You know, again, each claim has to be judged on its own merits because there will be times as the adjuster for the condo corporation, I'll say, no, I'm not interested in sharing my findings. You know, go get your own. But pretty much because of these waivers, you know, 90% of the time I am open and, my, and the people I report to are open to doing joint recovery because it's a cost savings for everybody, right? Sure. We'll share in, in that. And, you know, and again, there is no need you know, like I said, I see unit owners, uh, adjusters calling, well, I'm, I've hired an engineer, and when can my engineer come out and take a look at the pipes? And it's like, why are you doing that? Why don't you just join me as joint recovery and go after the manufacturer, the, the builder, because that's who we're looking at going after a builder, typically, is we'll do it together. You know, because of our waiver of subrogation, even if there was something I did wrong, uh, you can't come after me. There's a waiver of subrogation. So yeah. hence the reason, you know, worked, it's, you know, we need to, unit owners, uh, tenants, insurance, carriers, you know, should reach out to the adjuster of the, of the market for the condominium corporation and work together in, in doing joint recoveries. Because again, economy scales, it's in everyone's best interest and, you know, there's cost savings. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I mean, that's great. Do you put that offer out there every time? Uh, if they ask, I do it. If they talk about, uh, you know, we're retaining our own engineer, I'll go, go right ahead. But why, why don't you consider coming aboard with us? I'll reach out to my market, uh, ask if they'd be interested. Um, and let's go from there. And, you know, nine, 95, 90, I can't, to be quite honest, I think it's only happened once where my market has said, no, uh, they'll need to get their own counsel wow. or their own investigator. So it's something that's really, you know, should be asked a lot because we're open to it. I think we are open to it. That's great. Yeah, no. So for all you adjusters that handle it for the insureds and not for the condo side, when you got John on the other side, make sure you ask, hey, can we get on board if there's a subro claim? Because it only not makes sense. John, but, in, but anyone. Yeah, anyone. absolutely. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, and again, that's the key in our industry. Talk. Talk. Communicate. <laughs> yeah, I talked to uh, I talked to a VP at my company a couple of days ago, and I said, uh, on a and just just in general, saying, you know, uh, what I like about the insurance industry is, you know, is y the same players are maybe at different companies, but we still all talk, and we still have our own. Everybody has everybody else's cell phone, so no matter where you go, you can usually find a person and uh, and talk something through. And I think that's so important in our market. Sure. For sure. So, John, before we get any further, I mean, I'm going to have to have you back. You're going to have to be a, a quite an often special guest because, I mean, there's so much to do. But I, I don't like to get my podcasts going over an hour, and we're pretty close to it at this point. Damn. So, I mean, we just blew by an hour here, man. Um, I'm going to go check to see who won the uh, election shortly. Um, yeah. but, but let's, let's talk, uh, I've got five fast questions for you here, unrelated to anything to do with insurance, just a little bit about you. What's your favorite thing to eat? Spaghetti. Spaghetti. All right. Homemade or? my wife. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Okay. What's your favorite book you've read? 
Um, there's there's a couple. It's there's been a couple that I really enjoyed, um, but I'm gonna have to say it was the right stuff. Okay. I really yeah. Uh, same about the movie. The movie, the right stuff. It was one of the, my favorite movies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And favorite drink. What's your favorite beverage? A nice glass of red. Okay. Probably a red Zinfandel. Nice glass of red Zinfandel. Okay. Favorite movie? Uh, again, we probably go back to the right stuff. Wow. But you know what? I'm also a bit of a, a Disney buff, and I love putting on Old Yeller because oh. I love watching the people cry. <laughs> <laughs> I like... make more money on that movie, and I think that's why. Oh, you're going to watch this movie, and you're going to, no, no, I'm never going to cry. Watch Old Yeller. Yeah, nice. All right. Favorite place to go on vacation pre-pandemic? Where? Saint Martin. Which side? That's my go-to place. Whereabouts? Uh, my wife and I have been going there the last ten years. It's just outside of uh, Phillipsburg. Uh, we rent a condo down there, and nothing fancy, but it's my go-to place. Yeah, I, do. I just love it down there. I do like Saint Martin. It's very nice. Yeah, yeah. We usually get it's. We always make it a, a stop on our cruise ship. When we take a yeah. cruise. So I do like Saint Martin. All right, I think that's going to conclude us for tonight, my man. I uh, I enjoyed speaking with you. I love learning, and uh, you know, I learned a lot about condo claims tonight and subrogation again. And I mean, uh, y- you are a condo wizard, my friend. So uh, I don't know about that, but you know, if anyone out there any any questions or just you know, uh, give me a shout. Call well, me. Well, I'm more than happy to talk to anybody out there and, and share any information and provide any assistance I can. Well, that's uh, my next question. How do they get a hold of you, John? Uh, it's, it's John you Slattery at Sedgwick. It's john.slattery. That's like sugar because I'm such a sweet guy. L-A-T-T-E-R-Y at Sedgwick, S-E-D-G-W-I-C-K.com. Are you going to give out a phone number or are you not going to dare? Um, you know, the problem is, is I'm going to give you my phone number and I'll give you my office. Yeah. And it's because of darn COVID. Yeah. Um, I can't remember my office number. Don't worry about it. Let's just do with the email tonight. <laughs> Maybe on our next go around, you can be, uh, wonderful and give out your cell phone, but you're going to get some calls well, and I'm sure you're going to get some emails, man. I mean, uh, John, if guys, uh, honestly, John is, and I wasn't kidding. He is a wizard at condo claims. I didn't have him on the podcast because he just knows a little. He knows a ton. So, honestly, guys, if you have any questions, you got a new condo claim, whether you're on the condo side or on the insured side and you just need some advice, a question, a friendly ear to bounce something off, John's your guy. So, um, he's been around the market a long time. Thank you, Terry. And I did find my number, 905-671-7849. And Terry, thank you very much for having me. It was a great pleasure, and uh, you do an amazing job with your podcast. Uh, as I said, uh, first-time caller, long-time listener. Really appreciate you. Have great shows. Thanks, man. Thanks again, guys, for uh, listening in, and uh, it was a great podcast, John. I thank you for being on it, and uh, we'll we'll see you next time. God bless everyone. Take Th- care.